You have nothing in particular you want to talk about today. No. Do you? <laughs> no. No. We're recording though, so oh, whatever, we are? Dude. Yeah. I should put my headphones on then. Put your phone down, dude. Don't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me, Kyle. So, welcome to another episode of Recovered AF Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where Aaron and I discuss all sorts of things going on in life. Um, typically, it's revolving around some sort of recovery from a hopeless state of mind and body revolving around alcohol and drug use. Today, I don't know what's going to come out because Aaron doesn't have one thing in particular he wants to talk about. So. Nope. I mean, what is there to say? I've been living in my basement dungeon in the podcast studio for the last 14 days. Hold up in here, dude. Yeah. You worried you got the Rona? I'm drinking my own urine now. Nice, dude. <laughs> you got the Rona, huh? Yeah. Uh, so uh, do you want to do a disclaimer before we start? Do you think we're going to talk about we something should, recovery? Because I don't want anybody out there thinking that we're fucking... Uh, speaking for representing anything that could only probably be bring a, a negative light to those organizations. So Kyle and I aren't affiliated with any 12 step organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not speaking for any 12 step organizations. That's true. We're, we don't, like I said, I think Kyle's going to rep Kyle. I'm going to rep me. Yep. And uh, that's about the extent of it. You haven't lied yet, dude. So, don't listen to this podcast and think, oh, that's how the 12 steps uh, uh, anonymi groups are all are, or this is indicative of them or everything, or these two are associated with them or paid employees of them or somehow affiliated with them, because that's not the case. It's not, dude. Fuck no, it's no, not. No, we're not. Basically, I'm speaking for me. Yeah. And what I have experienced. Yep. And you're speaking for you, I'm guessing? Correct. No one else? Not one other person. All right. Maybe. Unless, you know, sometimes our mutual friend gets brought up and I'll be like, well, you know, I was having this conversation with Jeff, in which case I guess I would be a third-party representative of Jeff. Mm, okay. But... Uh, other than that, no. Not a not an organization or... Correct. Anything like that, though. Yeah, no. I mean, I did the 12 steps and I had a spiritual experience as the result of yeah but uh that doesn't those those uh entities have uh i don't know traditions to help uh protect them and i uh, i don't want anybody to think that i'm i'm that all right dude i think we've got a pretty good understanding let's go over it one more time <laughs> <laughs> so what's up dude what's going on we haven't done a podcast with just you and i in like a month yeah i know it's been fantastic i prefer just having guests on so that i don't I mean, I know much, that's not true. You yeah, like talking about yourself. As much as I do love to talk about myself, it's also easy, just to, easier to just sit and ask somebody questions about their experience. Especially cool guests that we've had. You know, we had Gunner on and Myra on. Yeah. And those have been really solid. The podcast before we had Jeff on where we talked about six and seven. So we've, it's been about a month since you and I have just sat down and chit chatted on the. Oh, the old mic. Oh, how the world has changed. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's crazy. We were we were made a joke with Myra last week because she lives in the greater Seattle area and that's where the uh, sort of the epicenter of the coronavirus was at and uh, I made a joke about it and it's no nobody's joking anymore. No, dude. You're experiencing it. You're bunkered in your basement, dude. Yep. <laughs> Not really, but but yeah, it's crazy, dude. People are panicking. It's anarchy out there. 
It's a real wild scene out there. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> Cats and dogs. Yeah. So uh, what's going on, dude? You went skiing, huh? Yeah, that's right. I got a little bit of um, what I refer to as social distancing yesterday. And, yeah. uh man, I got to ski some fresh powder. There was some snow up there, yeah, huh? Yeah, they, they had like four or five inches overnight. Dang, dude. And uh, I got there late because the interstate was closed. But even at that... Um, that's a slope where it's primarily inner, inexperienced skiers, so the stuff off to the right hadn't been skied in yet, one mm. or two runs. So I got to work my way through that. Nice, dude, new on skis, your new skis, dude. Fresh powder. Sunk a freaking fat little bill into some <laughs> new skis, dude. You got the bug. Yeah. That's yeah, good, though. That's right, and I'm off work coming up this week. I took Thursday and Friday off to watch the first round of the NCAA men's basketball tournament, but that's been canceled. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to go skiing again, although we'll see there's been several resorts in Colorado that have closed, so. Yeah, I think Snowy's coming, bro. I don't want to crush your spirits, but I think Snowy's coming. That's usually how it goes. People just wait for the first one. And then it's a chain reaction. Yeah. yeah. You know what I was thinking about was I'm glad that it's not the 20-year-old me that was the meeting maker sobriety guy, because mm. uh, I'm, I'm guessing meetings are going to, you know, start to shut down and 12-step communities are going to start to shut down, especially when it really starts to hit and a greater number of the population is infected, then shit's really going to start to shut down. And if I was the meeting maker type, I'd be fucked, man. Yeah, dude. I wouldn't be able to go to 17 meetings a day and talk about my terrible day. Yeah, dude. That's true. So I guess I'm glad that... I'm, I'm a little bummed, dude. My uh, half marathon that's in April got canceled. It did? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've been training my old little dick off trying to get <laughs> You really have, for... man. This bums me out. Yeah, dude. It's all good, though. I'm going to keep running still yeah, anyways. But, because yeah. we're doing a marathon in September. Yeah, so it's good, though. But I, I uh, So I think what I'm going to do is next weekend, I'm just going to go run a half marathon and just clock it that way i can check it off and say i did a sub two hour half marathon do you want me to um be at the end with a thing that i can run through i was gonna say heckle you (laughs) oh yeah yeah uh, maybe something along those lines you'd have to probably ride your bike to keep up with me though (laughs) (laughs) uh also too yeah another thing amber and i had tickets to go see sturgill simpson and tyler childers Mm. in april at the pepsi center and uh not canceled postponed but they moved the date to a sunday i'm like i'm an old fucking person that's gonna be rough dude how can i do anything on a sunday yeah megan and i have black keys and gary clark jr tickets in july at red rock so i'm hoping still safe yeah i'm hoping for now it's still safe so so in that conference we go to in July has a lot of spinoff conferences and the Northeast version has been canceled. Dang. Uh, Fought South, I think, has been canceled. Wow. So definitely impacting. Uh, that's an understatement to say things are di- been impacted. Yeah, dude, it's chaos. Yeah. So I guess one thing that I maybe is um, relevant to the outside world going on is that... Uh, through all of this, it's easy for fear to want to creep in, and I've experienced it in bits of waves. And my um, poor wife, who's more of a warrior than me, and that's just sort of in her makeup, is didn't get much sleep last night, not worrying about herself because that's not who she worries about. She's up all night worrying about the well-being of others. And yeah. uh, I guess one thing that's uh, sort of helped me get through this, well, one is probably I'm self-centered and I'm not one of the at-risk category, so... Wow. <laughs> But uh, the other one is that um, uh, 
faith in a higher power and realizing my lack of control in this, you know, something that's truly worldwide and what could I, you know, possibly what's going to happen, I believe is probably going to happen to those, to myself and those around me. Yes. And so I guess fortunately, cause there probably was a time where I could get pretty wound around the axles about this. Cause that's pretty normal what I see out there. Yeah. It's, um, well, and like, it's ever changing too. So, you know, right now we feel safe, but there's two dudes in the NBA that are better athletes and younger than we are that both got it. Yeah. So, so it's scary. I get it. And I think the thing to, um, like I, my sponsor and I always talk about the illusion of control mm-hmm. and like in life, I feel like because I do this and this goes this way and it looks a certain way, I feel like I'm in control of what's going on. And shit like this is a very big reminder that like, I really don't have any control over what's going on. And everything that I'm doing is just an effort to give me the illusion that I'm, that I'm in control or that I have a, a grasp on things or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it's kind of nice to be, I don't want to say removed from that, but at least I have had previous experience and understanding that like, I don't really have control of much. And so in order to get through this, I'm going to have to do the same thing I do with everything else in life, which is just kind of take action, rely on power greater than me and hope that things are going to be okay. Yeah. That just, when you just said that made me think that our book talks about that this is a design for living that works. Mm -hmm. I think it it also says in in rough going too. I can't remember. I don't rough waters. I think something like that. Not that. I think it's rough waters. Damn it. Great. Kyle, you really fucked it up this time. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) but like, (laughs) <laughs> People are always like, so I'm um, this treatment center. There's a common narrative that the outside world is affects the way that my sobriety goes. And it's stuff like how to stay sober during the holidays, mm-hmm. how to stay sober during a worldwide pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, that hasn't come up before, but you right. know what I mean? It's going on right now. Yeah. And how to stay sober doing this and how to stay sober with, you know, difficult family members and on and on and on and on and And that makes sense in the way that I lived prior to getting to the 12-step world when everything around me had an effect on me and Mm -hmm. my outside world that talked about it in the resentment inventory the world and its people really dominated us right right and uh that that was the effect of my life and the whole thing about the 12-step living and, and spiritual principled living is what I get to experience today is not being able to be dominated by the world and the people around me Mm -hmm. and so that's you know even though it's uh the stresses are great right now um i get to still um do the same thing every day get up and do some morning meditation Mm -hmm. uh check in with god throughout the day Uh, i get to do an evening review i get to try and be of service i get to help others and i just do the same things today that i do every other day of the year and that's how i um I'm able to get through the stressful times and then thoroughly enjoy the good times. I'm telling you, boy, I was driving across the interstate and it was closed and we had some ice rain and you've seen it outside today, mm-hmm. but Vitavu and all of the trees looked like that. They oh, were just covered with a beautiful white. I was like, this is, this is great. This yeah. is the best thing ever. And, uh, I don't know. It was really awesome. Like for five hours while the world's just 
absolutely <laughs> crumbling upon itself. Maybe not that bad, but people are really starting to worry now. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. God hooked me up with a pretty cool experience, and I was up there by myself and met a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, hung out with myself. I don't know how I got there, but oh, spiritual principle of the living gets me through the difficult times, but then yes. I really get to um, be in the moment, enjoy the the goody goods. Yeah, I think there's a part in the book that I used to read a lot that says something like, um, "We can." I don't remember exactly, but it talks about being <laughs> uh, content despite our outside circumstances in a rough way. It's talking about it in like page ninety eight, one hundred. And that's kind of what I think of is like, like you're talking about, no matter what is going on, um, I can still be okay and feel content. And like, I can also experience worry or concern or some fear, but not let it dominate my behavior and drive me to, to react. Yes. You know, like, I think there's nothing wrong with being worried. And, you know, I was telling you before the podcast, I have some grandparents that are not doing very well health-wise already and now you know this thing's going on and it's like i'm concerned for them and worried for them but it's not like dominating me or driving my behavior yeah. and i'm not freaking out and getting in a vehicle and driving over there to try to save them yeah. you know it's like it's okay and i'm aware that like uh yeah it's okay to be worried and concerned and and that's i think a healthy sign of a human being is to have a little bit of that but it's it's not uh eating my lunch, you know, it's not put me in a place where I'm like paralyzed or frozen or overreacting and freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice to be in this place, not almost like a neutrality kind of where I'm just like, this is what's going on and that's okay. And it's scary and it could be harmful and it could impact my life or it might not impact my life. It could impact the others around me or it might not, but it's like, I don't know. It's, that's just kind of that, you could say that about anything going on in the world, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's like now that there's a name for it and you can put a thumb on what's going on, you can start to extrapolate that into like a terrifying experience. Yeah. And to be able to just be like, well, this is what it is, you know? Yes. Obesity has the same fear. You know, I could use anything or car crashes or yes. drinking is, you know, all of us are at risk for that stuff and it's terrifying but it doesn't have to dictate my whole life and drive my behavior today. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's crazy. This is just at the forefront. Yeah, it's just the new thing that's right in front of our eyes and is happening right now, and it it's scary, and I get it. Yeah, I understand. So. Seemingly the only way to escape from it is skiing? Um, maybe, dude. I haven't been snowboarding since, but I, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't think it's going to, I mean, it might affect my work. I can't say what it's going to do affect my work, but. um, It's going to affect your work. Yeah. If anything, we're going to get busier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's just business as usual. I'm not in the industry where working from home is an option. Yeah. (laughs) That would be sweet. Uh I don't know how it would work. Yeah, dude. That'd be (laughs) legit. Yeah. I would think it'll impact everyone and everyone's going to be sitting around. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, your work is gonna ordering be online. Yeah, yeah, online oh, ordering. Yeah, it's gonna be like Christmas in April, whatever month we're yeah, in. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be so. Yeah, work is my work's been impacted quite a bit, but it's I don't know. Yeah, it's the ability to take shit in stride. Yeah, that's twelve step life. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh yeah, work's way busy and people are freaking out. 
I'm trying to remain calm and not overreact and dive in on, you know, I have a, a job where I, it'd be easy to overreact with what I'm doing. So this is, I speak in analogies. This is what we're doing as a country right now. Yes, dude. Give us a good one. Where Will Smith or where, where Will Ferrell in, um, old school when he's giving a pep talk to his fraternity brothers at the end of the movie after he's just jumped through the ring of fire and he's all burnt up and he's freaking out screaming and yelling how we just need to stay calm right now (laughs) exactly (laughs) basically what we're doing that is exactly what's happening so yeah yeah dude so good times what else is going on marty what else is popping in your life uh no let's see what else is happening nothing uh nothing of no 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 like uh you know, I made a financial amend this weekend. That was cool. Oh, good. Yeah, it was really cool. Actually, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when other things are going crazy, good fortune has can come my way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I think in the rooms and probably on this podcast, we don't ever really want to uh, – money's a weird thing to talk about, right? But we lived in so much financial insecurity mm-hmm. and fear, fear of – I just was afraid to even, I, I just didn't know anything about money and finance. And I was just afraid to even, I was like, you know, it was, just, it was overwhelming and it was something I wouldn't do or talk about. And, mm. you know, um, like when, when Amber and I first got married, we were living in a one bedroom basement apartment and she was like, uh, we need to start looking for a house. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> it just scared me so bad. And, Fortunately, Amber took the took the took, took the, the reins, yeah, on that one, <laughs> as you know she had to with everything for most of our marriage, and and so with all of the uncertainty and everything going on, not just here but worldwide, not just with the pandemic, but with you know oil prices and everything else. But one thing that's happened is uh, uh, interest rates have dropped to uh, uh, historic lows, mm-hmm. and so you know like. Um, mm, being uh my shortcomings having been largely removed in a lot of those areas um i got the intuitive thought that i should look into that the other day and 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 maybe i could um put amber and i in a situation that was a little more advantageous financially and that would we'd get more out of each dollar i guess is the best way to put that with a shorter loan and a better interest rate Mm -hmm. and um the day i sent off that last financial amend was also the same day that I locked in a historically low rate on a refi. And That's cool. There was some symbolism there. I wasn't reading too much into it. I don't right. think God's up there keeping score. It's like, well, Aaron found the main one, so I'll hook him up with the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like that, but uh, there was, you know, uh, I don't know, just in my you know, mind, and Amber even brought it up, uh, some symbolism there, I guess, or something. Yeah. Well, I th- I'm a believer in, like, good attracts good you know like mm-hmm. good energy out attracts good energy back or whatever so i could totally see that that and how that manifests and what you want to call it and all that is up to for whatever who yeah. i i don't care but yeah i could see why that's a something that happens it could be pure coincidence but i think that takes away the uh the spiritual principle act of taking financial amends you know yeah and i i talk i feel like financial stuff isn't talked about a lot i feel like when i talk about it it you know like i feel like i'm i don't want to say i'm the only one but like the financial life was a really big part of my recovery so yeah like i talk pretty anytime it's 
amends are brought up in general, I usually talk about financial yeah. amends a lot because it's just been a significant part of my life. And so I think it's, it should be talked about and like there's a, it's talked about in a book. So it should be discussed yeah. by people who are doing it, you know? So I think it's cool to get out there and, and do that and have that experience. And it's easy to clean up a lot of my other part of my life and the financial side, just like kind of cross my fingers and hope that it'll work itself out, yeah. you know? And it's like, no, I have to take the lead on this too. And I have to grab the bull by the horns and take action, you know? And um, my my Jeff, when he was sponsoring me before he moved, um, he I had a good amount of financial amends and he was like, uh, he gave me pretty good instruction of like, you need to go and make an honest attempt to start making these and not wait for the day that you get five grand and can pay off yeah. that financial amend in, in one shot. And, you know, it's like you need to just go and be like, I can afford 50 bucks a month. Are you willing to work with that? You know? Yes. And so I think that's valuable to, and he we could rectify it in the book, but I think that's just valuable advice when you're making financial amends is like, I still have to go out there and seek out the amend and I have to be humbled by the fact that I, I owe you money that I don't have yeah. and I'm going to have to make a payment plan that's embarrassing and not very big. And, you know, I, that's at least my experience. So and here's the part where I referenced Jeff that I referenced at the beginning of the podcast where I say my right. speak for him. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your Jeff quote of the week. <laughs> yeah. He said it was he said it was sort of cliche in the rooms. But I've never heard it, and it was a moment for me. But when he, one of his sponsors had been uh, talking to him about making his men's, and his sponsor told him, Jeff, that they don't want your money. They just want their money back. Right. And I'd never heard that on all my time. And I was like, mm, that's pretty pretty, uh, uh, pretty on point. Yes. And, um, uh, yeah, the thing about that is... It wasn't that I couldn't afford to make that amends for this last three years. Mm -hmm. I just was... Unwilling. Yeah, yep. I was just afraid. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to put it. Yeah. And I was just afraid. And financial ones come with a lot of fear. No matter how good my financial life looks today, when I owe something, it, it comes with fear. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff used to tell me that all the time. He would just say, dude, it's not your money. Yeah. That's what he would always tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'm, I, I got to kind of, and he's like, dude, it's not your money. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not yours. So, yeah. and I use that today. I was just meeting with a sponsee the other week and we were talking about some amends and we were talking about this financial one and he was talking about how he was going to be willing to make it after he got himself into a little bit better financial situation. And I was like, um, yeah. I think we should arrange a plan that's going to start because you're, you're building your life back up with money that's not yours so yeah. we need to start making some of those and i said the exact same thing at the end of the day dude it's it's not your money that you're you're using <laughs> so and uh, uh a lot of times what i've seen happen anyway is when people and you you probably have had this experience directly maybe not but that when um paying that money back is made a priority it actually um speeds the financial rebuilding of one's own life oh yeah it's like we think it's going to slow us down because that's less money for us but in the way that spiritual things do the realm of the spirit happens and works out it actually you know one thing leads to another and and our 
own financial situation is better sooner than it would have been had we not made that financial amend. Absolutely, dude. And like for me, I know like when I started, you know, my credit was a fucking maybe a 500. <laughs> I owed tens of thousands of dollars to a couple different credit card companies. I owed the IRS thousands of dollars. And it was like, when I get back on my feet, I'll start paying these people. And it's like, dude, I can't get up on my feet because I owe all of this money. Like, so I had to start paying that. And then my credit score started getting better and people stopped trying to take me to collections. Yeah. And like, you know, I got out of collections on a couple of different things. And then it was like, I'm, my life started to build. And then a, I got better with my money. Mm-hmm. So now that I don't owe money to everyone, I actually am better at managing my own money. And and then it was like, I I don't know, it's like a rebuilding process. And then more money started coming in for me as I was rebuilding my life. And you get a sense of purpose and gratitude. And, you know, I don't know, it's financial stuff I could talk about all day just because I've had a pretty big impact on my life paying all of that off so and i think the hesitancy to talk about it comes from the desire to separate the spiritual for the from the financial because Mm -hmm. it's easy to like um you know gloss over the spiritual success and use the financial success or unsuccess as an indicator and it's definitely and, and i've seen people have a ton of success in the spiritual world and, you know, just, just still struggling, you know, financially, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're in school or, you know, whatever the thing. That doesn't mean that they're not, I don't want to say struggling, they're probably still experiencing fear from financial mm-hmm. insecurity yeah. just because they're not, you know, rolling in it. But, like, it's this, the hesitancy for me is, like, I don't want to make it about about that. But, like you talked about, having experienced financial ruin, and I hadn't, I hadn't had it that bad, but... I was looking back through uh, Amber and I's online accounts and went back a few years and I was watching the money dwindle down to like the single digits Mm -hmm. and then the paycheck come in and like, oh, phew, you know, and like we lived that way our entire marriage. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to experience some freedom from that is, uh, I mean, it's we're talking about being recovered and what that looks like. It's in, in my experience and my particular case, that's what it is, Yeah, you know, and not causing an undue burden on the family. Right. Based on my irresponsible and inconsiderate ways. And like, I did just buy some new skis and the difference now is I would have done that before, but I couldn't have afforded it. And I would have put it on a credit card and mm-hmm. I would have left my wife to figure out the burden. Right. Whereas today I don't, um, spend money that I don't have on things I don't need. Yeah, exactly. And I and I um, I know when when I'm taking action on something, like when I'm buying something, and like I still sometimes will go down, you know, a little bit of financial holes of like, oh, I'm interested in this, and you know, now I've bought three new running shoes in the last six months. Yeah, and that's they're not crazy expensive but it's like i don't really need them and so i still go down holes it's not like i'm a fucking financial guru and a giant it's like i still end up spending money that i don't need to spend i still end up owing money sometimes you know and it's like it's just part of but it's like the growth that i have from that is i'm aware that like this isn't a this isn't healthy i need to kind of get back on track or whatever and like 
make smart financial decisions. I had a credit card one time where I raised the limit on it like five times in four months. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? We're done. They stopped raising the limit. And then I maxed that motherfucker out and then didn't pay on it for like a year and a half. And it was like today, you know, I, I just got a credit card for the first time again in, in sobriety. And I put a real small limit on it, one that I have over that in my savings account. Mm -hmm. And I can just, I can pay it off if I spend on it. Mm -hmm. I can pay it off in one shot if I need to. But it's like I'm, I'm doing that not because I don't have money today. I'm doing that because I'm actually trying to build a better credit score and get travel miles. You know, like yeah. my motives are just different yes. in the financial world yeah. as a result of fucking my whole life up and having to rebuild that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, it's um it's interesting though. The financial thing I get what you're saying though. It's easy to use that as tangible success. Yes. Or tangible I'm unsuccessful. Yes. But really it's the the principle underlying it that I'm willing to make those payments. I'm willing to tell someone that I can't afford to pay him back, but I can afford to give them this much a month and if they were okay you know, like that's where the growth comes from is the willingness and the humbled action of just going to someone and being like, look, this is the reality of my situation. Yeah. So I'm pretty fucked. And yeah. if you can take 50 bucks, even though I owe you $8,000, I'll, I promise the moment I get more money, I'll pay more. Yeah. And then I start doing that, you know, and follow through with what I say. And, and, and to that, like, um, and what you said and Jeff setting you up for those amends and you, saying it being reconciled in the book that's exactly you know what it says it says you know we don't dodge our creditors we go to them um arranging the best deal we can exactly you know and that's exactly what you're saying yeah and that's been my experience with all of them yes yeah. like i've i have yet to be able to pay someone off with one shot bag of money yeah just like <laughs> hey dude by the way i came into some money so here's the four grand that yeah. I you know yeah. it's like no i had to arrange a deal and then did a this thing called a snowball where like i paid off one and then the payment that i was making on yeah. that just went yeah, on yeah, to yeah, the yeah. next one and then i was paying both which is largely that's the way to do it everything i've read about it if you've got six different places you owe money to pay off the smallest one first then take that money roll it into the second one mm -hmm. and then take those two payments, roll it into the third one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I was doing it. And then that's how I got out of debt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then bought a house and got back into debt, but healthy debt. This yeah. That's, time. that's different. That's investment. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So it's been good. Yeah. So I also didn't get to say when we were talking to Gunner, Gunner has been extremely helpful to you and I, I don't think I talked about it on the podcast, but Gunner helped me, and Megan get into our first house too. And yeah. so you guys were talking about your experience and I was, yeah. I wanted to talk about it and we just ran out of time, but I was like, Gunner was really helpful and really beneficial. And I still talk to him quite a bit about housing stuff. He's yeah. awesome. So just this week when I was looking at doing that refi, mm -hmm. I was texting him and asking questions about closing costs and yeah. other things. And he was so helpful. Yeah. He's the best. He's yeah. really great. Yeah. yeah. He's, really good at what he does yeah he is yeah and he he helped megan and i get into our house and then you know megan and i are looking at moving here sometime and i don't think i wouldn't go to anyone else other than him because he's just been so helpful so. yeah and i was thinking about that actually today like what what and i don't you know uh, and I, I was dealing with a, a credit union about and um a lot of the information we were getting wasn't completely whole and and um that guy 
does refis and and mortgage lending all day every day and he's pretty used to it and mm-hmm. so he probably doesn't experience much fear around it whereas i as the consumer do because i don't know what i'm doing and it's right. very uncomfortable for me and one thing that i really liked about gunner was like i think yeah he, he must have the ability he's very reassuring you mm-hmm. know just because he does real estate for a living um i don't know if he just just through experience or intuitively knows that you know uh, his clients don't, and so uh, a lot of times I was wishing I had some reassurance at some point, and then I realized what I was just experiencing was fear, and uh, the reason why that person wasn't experiencing my fear <laughs> was because that's what he does for a living. Right. Yeah. 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 Gunner was great with that. Like when we were closing, we had a couple of things come up that it was like, you know, our roof needed redone before, and I was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? And he was like, dude, don't worry. This is part of a, you know, yes. three out of five houses we close on. They need yes. a new roof, especially where we're at with hail damage. Yeah. He's like, don't worry. This is just part of it. We're going to take care of it, you know. And I was like, I didn't feel much stress at all. When something come up, I would just ask him. And he was very, very good at just yeah. being like, hey, don't worry. This is what happened. And then one time, you know, it was like, I was like, I'm not going to pay for this this is something they need to pay for. Otherwise I'm not going to buy the house. And he was like, dude, trust me, I got this taken care of. You don't need to. And like, uh, you know, it was easy for me to be like, Oh, my ego's." And he was just like, I promise I got it taken care of. I wouldn't lead you down a path. that's not good. He was very, very good at that. Yeah. That's good shit. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, dude. So we went cake tasting yesterday too, boy. Oh yeah, that's right. I was going to text you and tell you to put pictures on Instagram of us cake testing. Yeah. You should have. That's I that, forgot. Yeah, that's that's part of being recovered, you know, like <laughs> putting pictures on Instagram. Nobody should have or would have married you before. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is for sure. It's funny we were on the way down, and um, a couple of months before that, Megan and and my mom and her mom and her sister were going down to Fort Collins for something. All of them were going, and um, Marianne is Megan's mom, and she was telling us how funny. And how grateful she is that our Megan and I are together. Because when they were going down, Megan was like, oh, yeah, so that's where I was in jail. And this is where I did work <laughs> release and was showing my mom all of this stuff. And Megan's mom was just like, I'm so glad that we don't have to, like, make this a secret of who we are. And, like, yeah. I'm I'm 100% open on who I am and my life. And Megan is that way with my family. We have, like, a completely open. And it was funny because we were just talking about that and. I was saying the same thing. I was like, no one would have wanted anything to do with me before, you know, like I was not the best person to be in a relationship with at all. And to be able to be engaged and go do cake testing and have fun and not hate every second of it and be like, I don't fucking care. You know, it was fun. I had a good time. I had an opinion, which I is not always the case, you know, like sometimes I'm like, whatever, I yeah. just pick it. So I don't have to be involved. In, yeah. To, yeah. To be present and have an opinion and like give my suggestion and stuff like that's, a, it might seem like, dude, that's what you're supposed to do when you're in a relate. But for me, that's a huge thing. So that's one thing I really, truly wish I could have done better. You know, that's one of those things, you know, looking back now, um, I, Amber would have loved my help with doing that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, asked for my input a lot and i was just like uh, whatever yeah i don't yeah. care yeah i want casablanca tuxedos because <laughs> yeah. that movie's bad as fuck and yeah i want dude. all i want to be i want to look like bogart and, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's my input give me a casablanca tux yeah dude 
and that was about it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and and the music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For for because I I like music, and so the music we walked in and out to, and those. Those were your contributions. That was my input. That's yep. good. I'll take care of the music and the tuxes. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's funny. Yeah, I. Uh, it's cool, you know, to be in a relationship where Megan and I, I think, both value each other's opinion and and look at each other as equal, you know, and like it's not my ways go goes, and we're gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Like either one of us, you know, it's like. I liked one cake matching and she liked a different one. So we're doing both of them. And then we were like, well, let's find one. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's seems like small stuff and maybe, maybe other people experience something different than that. But for me, this is the first relationship where a, I've been present and aware and have an opinion and want to participate this much. And, and B, I, I also look to her to do the same thing. You know, we have like a nice balance and harmony in it. But I think also, you said, you know, it might seem like small stuff. But the thing is, it's easy to show up for the big stuff, especially mm-hmm. when everybody's lucky. You know, yeah. like, yeah. uh, it's the small stuff that makes up the relationship. It's the daily stuff, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Amber and I joke and kid a lot, and we were doing it this morning and laughing and joking about, uh, you know, Amber and her, um, hash, um, you know, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's the small it's the small stuff. Yes, that's the thing. You know, hundred percent. Right? I can I can do the big stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, and to like go down, hang out with Megan, her sister, and her mom. That was the four of us that went down yesterday. Yeah, dude. I'm. <laughs> we had a great time. Too. You're a trooper. Yeah, dude. We had, I I loved it too. It wasn't even anything that was like miserable or frustrating like we had an awesome time we went to lunch afterwards we walked around old town for a little bit checked out where the hotel is where we're gonna stay for the wedding and like we just had a great time and it was fun yeah it was awesome and i i get along with megan's mom really well which is cool so you know when megan was in school she spoke in laramie when she was in school up there and they do a speaker meeting every friday or every saturday one of them so but Saturday. Yeah, I I drove Megan's mom over the hill and we went to that and like just talked for an hour there and an hour back, just the two of us, like no music, just us talking and I don't know, we we just get along really well. It's awesome. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah it's nice. It's and uh, you know, she's just she's very cool and she'd be cool to get on the podcast. I don't know if she ever would, but she's cool. She participates in the family program. I think she'd be fine with me saying that. Yeah. So she and she'd be cool to get on, but I don't know if she would or not. Yeah. I could talk to her. She's cool though. She's really fun. So we might yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We're, we're gonna be doing a lot of guests remotely. Yeah. Dude, from here on out. yeah. This is just a tip of the iceberg, boy. <laughs> right, it's, dude? it's gonna get real crazy. Yeah, dude. So have we talked for an hour? No, already? we're forty minutes oh, in. So Jesus Kyle. But, but yeah, it's been good. What else is popping, dude? Well, um, Oh, Megan said she's going to make us some art. I'm going to buy a big oh. canvas, and she's going to make us something for this wall. Okay. All right, cool. That'll be nice. I figured this would be the one to start with because when we have guests and we're FaceTiming them, yeah. they're going to be looking at that wall. So instead of looking like we're in a dungeon kidnapped. As can... long as we have a way to hang it. Like, we can hang it from that wood, that wood, and that wood. This is, by the way, sorry, folks, this is what, this, this is what Amber looks like at Sam's Club right now. She had to go get dog food for our dogs. Uh, turned off. That's the line outside? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I... Nah, 
this, I feel like that's just going to make it worse, dude. It's like avoid highly trafficked places where there's a lot of people. And where is that happening? At grocery stores. I think that's... There's a line just so people that are... You, you, we, Aaron's wife just sent a picture. She's outside of Sam's Club and there's a line like 100 people long <laughs> outside. It, uh, that's insane. This is one of those things where like... Uh, so earlier in the week, Rogan had a had an expert yeah. uh, on his podcast and he laid it things out for two er- two hours very calmly in a way that made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And it's then it's um, we just become irrational as a, and uh, I think it's survival instincts. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we're wired to survive, and so yeah. something like this comes up, and people just it's going to panic. Yeah, we're like elks in rut and season, <laughs> just like yeah. what the fuck? I don't know what's happening. Yeah, we lose that part of our brain, and we start <laughs> using the lizard part. Or yeah, how, dude. Not, yeah, and we just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> caveman it up, yeah. dude. I gotta survive, so need I need food. Food and toilet paper, bro, <laughs> and water. It's insane, Those dude. Those are the it's... three essentials to <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. I, I was thinking, I was like, I'm probably on a pretty good diet for this, because even if I run out of meat, I was like, I've got butter, I've got coffee, and I've got MCT oil. Yeah. I could probably get by on bulletproof coffee for several months. <laughs> yeah, Just dude. bulletproof coffee. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. So I don't know. We'd have to have Jeff on to confirm that because he knows far more about the science He's of the like, diet. Well, technically, what you're going to need is <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what he would do. Yeah, dude. But yeah, it's crazy, man. It's anarchy out there. But. Oh man, yeah. I, I'm I just, wake up and go to work tomorrow. Yeah, oh, <laughs> dude. It's like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, the more, uh, the more, the more. This is the other thing. The more thought or attention that's given to that the um more the more fear comes to it right mm-hmm. and it's not like i'm trying to stick my head in the sand and just be an ostrich but i go down these um uh i don't know m- mental r- rabbit holes where it's like that's why i have to do a 10th step because mm-hmm. i just start playing shit on, on a loop on my mind yes whether it's fear resentment selfishness what happened as i and each time my mind goes to the loop the situation gets a little bit worse yeah (laughs) more resentful or more fearful whatever it is and so uh (laughs) i know what the fuck's wrong with you i'm keep yawning kyle's having a yawning attack i'm clearly (laughs) enthralling him over here no dude yeah Mm. let's talk about cheese balls (laughs) we've got rum balls Yeah, yeah dude Anyway, and uh, yeah, so uh, just to sit and and uh, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do this afternoon. There's no sports on. I can't nap to golf. I'm gonna have to find something to find a nice little project around the house, a little DIY project maybe. There you go, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch the Rogan podcast they did last night. So, oh, what the? They did a fight companion. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go watch that and hang out with my dog, dude. I was thinking Dana White's pretty genius um, because. Literally every other sport in the world is not happening, and he's like, "We're gonna keep having fights." Yep. And so, and their model is order it. Yeah. Their stadiums hold like ten thousand people. They're like, "Ah, oh, we don't care about that. Yeah. Just order it on pay per view." We don't make any money at the gate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's gonna, it, literally going to be the only sh- game on. Yeah, and everybody is going to be uh, 
at home. Yeah. So everyone is going to be watching pay-per-view. Dana White He's a G, loves dude. coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, He's like, stay around. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like last night they had a G move. They did a UFC and it was supposed to be like on the streaming ESPN Plus mm-hmm. and they moved it to just ESPN because oh, all the other sports are yeah. canceled. So they moved it to just straight up ESPN and took it off the stream. So you go to Channel 28 here in town, ESPN, the fights were on for six hours yesterday. Yeah, I was I st- like, Dude, they are genius. I watched a little bit of it. I thought Maya was going to win, but he got fucked up. I didn't see it. Did Kevin Lee win? Uh, is that who fought Damian Maya? No, Kevin Lee was the main card. Oh, I don't, I don't think Olivia s- or something is who he. Fought. I don't know. I don't know. But, I didn't watch. I yeah. didn't, that was the only fight I watched because then I went. I had a, I, a my 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 best buddies in town, and so I went mm. over there and hung out with him for a bit. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, I didn't get to see the end of it. That's dope. Yeah, I was going to. Uh, I was pretty. I, boy, I'm old. Yeah, I tell wore, me about it. <laughs> I wore my ass out skiing. I bet, dude. Skiing's rough, though, man. Yeah. After, like, our steamboat trip, we left in the morning, skied for seven hours or whatever, and then came home. It was like a 13-hour day. And that night, I literally sat down on the couch, and I fell asleep there and then got up and went to bed. That was all I did. I didn't work out the whole next week. Yeah, I know, dude. You were gassed, bro. Uh, but that's what happens sometimes when my macro intake doesn't match. I did the same thing yesterday. According to my, uh, according to my Sunto app, I burned about 3,500 calories yesterday. And, um, at, by about four o'clock, I'd taken in all of 300 calories. Yeah. So, that's not good. Yeah. Dude. It's the keto, man. You don't have to eat. So you forget about it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's the thing I was listening to, um, this old Rogan podcast with Dom, D'Agostino. Yeah. I'm sure you listened to it. I did. I listened to it while pinching my nipples. Yeah. And that's what he was talking about was um, not pinching your nipples. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe that's in the The ecstasy of uh, physical and audible audible joy. I I don't know what that is. But but he was talking about how um, people that do keto and don't count their calorie intake are still doing it wrong. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think because it's like you're on keto. What do you need to count that for? But he's like, it it defeats the purpose if you're not going to count your macros because you still have to watch those. Like, yeah. That's just a human instinct. Yeah. So I was like, wow, I didn't, I never even thought about it. I was like, oh, wow. I would think you just go on the diet. You make sure you're in ketosis and you're good and you don't have to worry about it. But he was like, you definitely should still be counting your macros so it's a little bit different today like i can um so i i've been doing it for three years yeah so so i know how much i'm outputting on average Mm -hmm. and so then i went into my keto tracker app and i just figured out a food goal for the week and i eat the same thing every day and yeah you do so what i'm inputting and outputting is pretty similar right yeah so that makes sense but some people that's why it's nice for you whoa was that you no, what was that? That was a noise. I heard it. Yeah, I think it I was you. I thought it you. was you. <laughs> I think you came out of your throat. It did? <laughs> I think it did, dude. 
I'm just sitting here and your oh. your throat was like. <laughs> I heard it too. I thought it was you. <laughs> my throat's making noise. I guess I couldn't hear it because it came through my headphones, yeah. so it didn't sound like it came out. How do you know it didn't come out of you? Because well, I was in the middle of saying words. Oh, okay. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I like to see down. Amber's leaving Sam's now. The line hasn't moved, and her and the grandparents have dog food. Oh man. So, so she's well, leaving. But uh, I would not do that. But yeah, like for me, I've contemplated getting on keto, um, but right now I'm I'm running quite a bit, so it's like I don't really fucking. Yeah, you don't want to start right now. It, it, like I, I think that same one with him, mm-hmm. he was like for athletes if six you're, months. Yeah, is what exactly. he said. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, like, uh, but I I I've contemplated it because. And I really don't have that bad of a diet. Megan was saying that the other day. She's like, I think you're way harder on yourself than anyone. That's weird. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, you really don't eat that bad at all. You know, she's like, what horrified me was when, before I started dating Megan, my diet was pretty bad. Mm. Like when I was still drinking, it was like, I be- I told her, I said, I bet I haven't had a piece of fruit in four years <laughs> when I started dating her. <laughs> She was like, oh, my God. But today I eat fruit all the time. I eat veggies every night. I basically eat some form of chicken and rice and vegetables every night. So she's like, you don't eat bad at all. Yeah, if you were struggling that bad, you would not be doing so well physically. Yeah. So I think I have room for improvement, and I got a sweet tooth, but I don't think I'll ever not want to dabble in some dessert. So now you have keto-friendly. But anyways, what I was saying was I was looking at that. But I, even me, I need a little more variety than you do. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes sense. But he was saying that, like, you should count your macros if you're exercising a lot or eating a variety of things. Then you need to know how many calories you're intaking. Because if you keep taking in tons of calories but are still in ketosis, you're not doing the same. You're not getting the benefit fully. Yeah. Enough keto talk because I don't know shit about it. But it was I was interested in that podcast, so I listened to all, almost all of it so far. So. Yeah, yeah, it was one of my faves. I bet, dude. Mm-hmm. Hence pinching your nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is? I thought maybe that was later in the podcast. He talks about nope benefit of being on keto and pinching nipples. I was like, but, how do I how do I match the joy in my heart right now with some sort of a physical, physical ecstasy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. How about some nipple pinching? That's hilarious. <laughs> Glad I went there. Yeah, dude. This Good is times. awkward now, huh? Yeah. Two men in a small little room talking <laughs> about pinching nipples. Where did, this is the bunker now, boy. This is where we're this is where we're riding it out. Put a cot in here, dude. Yep. Just lay it down, dude. For real though, about a month ago, maybe I should announce this on the air. For real though, about a month ago, um, I was gifted a survival uh, a survival kit with uh, a food supply in like it. Like MREs and stuff? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere buried in my yard. It's not. Oh, I was like, for real? <laughs> what the fuck? No, it's not. You're one of those doomsdayers now? Yeah. That's cool. Why the preppers are all like, I told you I so. I knew it, dude. Pretty yeah. soon these people are turning into zombies. Yeah, they're so psyched right now. The preppers are. <laughs> they're loving it. Look at these dummies yeah. going to Walmart. I've got enough food to last eight months. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, we're 50 minutes in, but I'm about out of... Uh, yeah, I've been out for a minute. Yeah, that yeah. was good. So, yeah, we'll just maybe try and schedule some more guests and just keep doing the same shit that we do for the last year. How many? We're about a year into this, I think, right? I honestly think this would technically be one year 
really right now because yeah. i think our first one was sometime like march 11th march 12th something like that so we're we're officially a year in this is the the year anniversary podcast fuck yeah we're world domination we've went up six listeners in the last year <laughs> we started out with three a week we're up to nine do you ever wonder if um us joking about how little people listen makes people not want to tell other people about it. I was thinking about that the other day. Oh, I don't know. That's just my sense of humor, oh, though. Yeah. We have, like... Self-deprecating... More than nine, though. Yeah. I always am like, I nine. wonder if people are like, maybe I shouldn't tell anyone if only nine people are listening to this Actually, fucking thing. quite the opposite. Let me just tell you what. If we're headed for the worldwide pandemic, I think we are. Dun, dun, dun. What you really want to do is your poor friends in recovery are not going to be able to go to 12-step meetings. What's going to help them significantly is listening to every single episode of this podcast starting from the beginning going till now and if you finish before the quarantine's over start back over from the beginning again yeah, now's dude. a really good time to start recovered as fuck what do you think your favorite episode is so now that we're at the year anniversary what do you think your number one is uh, you know and the, this is no offense to any of our guests our guests are amazing yeah usually when i send out i don't know the one i like the one I send out when I'm like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? This is what is it's yours. like. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wish. No. Uh, the one I send out usually is Courtney. Goosebumps with Courtney. Because I, oh, okay. I got so emotional during it. Yeah. I just so, so I guess left some sort of an emotional imprint on me. That's good. Yeah. What about you? I think, in all honesty, I think my favorite one that we've done was with Dr. Morrow. Yeah. I think that was my favorite yeah. one. And we didn't even really talk about recovery. No, because he's not in recovery. Yeah, but um, yeah. I loved that one. And what other one do, have I listened to that I really, really enjoyed? Um, I can tell you I, which one is our most listened to episode. Yeah, Dr. That, Brett is huge. Dr. Brett is running laps in life, honestly, just in life. Yeah. And on the, in the podcast world, Dr. Brett's... He's our number one most downloaded episode. Yeah. Yeah, by twice as much yeah, as the next one. by far. And that was only because it was mine, and I told everybody I knew about it. Yeah, it was awesome, though. <laughs> we need we need that. So yeah. if you've been on it, and you want to talk about it, yeah. or tell people about it, tell people Feel free. about it. Yeah. We don't care. No, we have an Instagram page. We For try sure. to put stuff up, except yeah. for when I'm t cake testing. But we try to put stuff up on that to tell people about it, too. But, um, but yeah, Dr. Morrow, probably. I loved that one. Right, yeah, that was a good one. And I really liked Chet's, actually. I yeah. say that all the time. I Chet, Chet's was one of my favorites. Well, Chet's so. such a very genuine person. Yeah, he's on his way back from Africa, <clears throat> dude. I want to talk to him. Yeah. See how he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, because he's... Yeah, that malaria's going... One of his biggest like, fears He's of, like, COVID-19, my ass. I got malaria, motherfuckers. Have one, you ever had malaria? One of his biggest fears of going to Africa was getting a disease, and now he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> now he's coming back to a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> oh, oh my God. goodness. The world's awesome. Yeah. What's going to happen? With, uh, I don't want to ask that question. Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to stop myself for right. a start. Well, yeah, we've got that Instagram page, Recovered AF Podcast. We've got a Gmail, Recovered AF Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're still looking for some art. Megan's going to make art for the studio. So if you listen and you like to paint or take photographs or make pictures or something, hit us up on the email and we can 
set up something. That'd be cool. Myra's the only one who has a true perspective what this fucking dungeon looks like from the lens of a laptop. Yeah, she was <laughs> like, dear God, are you guys okay? <laughs> she was like, Blink this... twice if you're unsafe. <laughs> she was like, is this a real thing? Yeah, she was like, you're like, this is our $150 podcast studio. She's like, yeah, it looks like it. I was like, oh. like this doesn't seem like a real thing. Yeah. She's like, oh. <laughs> if she had never actually met us, yeah. she'd been like, no. Nope. She'd be like, no, no. <laughs> you guys are bots. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. Yeah, that's so funny. All right. Well, thanks, Marty.